and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Next storyteller. Story Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Hey, this is Robert. Now that it's 2016, we are hitting the ground running. We've got our themes chosen for the entire year, and if you are curious about what those themes are, to either tell a story or just plan your next storytelling enjoyment evening you can see those at our website and at our facebook page upcoming shows this month include uh, the 12th of january at tiger tiger tavern in san diego and january 20th at bumpport theater in denver colorado today's story comes to you from joe holland who is a local writer here in san diego and he shared a story on the theme of siblings at our December show, which was recorded on December 8th at Tiger Tiger Tavern. Enjoy. I wrote mine down because I can't really remember what I was going to say. And I changed a few names. It'll be very obvious. I, I just feel like it's more official when you do that. My sister and I aren't good at talking. No one in my family really is. We're not bad at speaking. We can speak and make words with our mouths, and most of the time we are speaking. Most of the time we can't get each other to shut up. But there is a difference between speaking and talking, and we've never really mastered the latter. What we speak about is never very important, or not important at all. Mostly about things on TV or what a pet recently did. It usually barfed on something because they're mostly cats. My dad recently discovered email. He sends long, directionless, usually question-driven emails about murder mysteries he watches on Investigation Discovery and that he assumes I too have seen and would very much like to discuss. He asks me if I think the host of the show wears a toupee. He tells my sister that our grandma's dog pooped on him last time he was holding him. He speaks about things that could go without saying, things that should go without being said. But if he left those things out, we would never hear from him at all, so we welcome them. We realize that he is trying, that we couldn't do better probably, so we have no right to complain. Most of the things we say to each other could be said to anyone. The recipient of the words is less important than the words themselves. He signs all of his emails with love, Dad. The only time he has ever expressed such an emotion towards either of us, or me at least. My sister and I have never talked about it. When I respond, I simply sign them, Joe. When I was younger, we had a dog named Chappie. She was a chow-chow mutt with a purple tongue and big rolls of fat around her neck that you could tug on and squeeze and lose a biscuit in, and you had to clean out periodically. We got her when I was in sixth grade, my sister in eighth. Chappie was two. It seems that every dog at the pound is two, probably because there isn't really a good way of knowing how old a strange dog is. The pound workers know it's not a puppy, 
they know it's not very old. It must be two. <laughs> Please adopt this dog. So he did, at my sister's behest, and she was a great dog. Oblivious, kind of dumb, smelly, ravenously hungry, but ever-loving and loyal, the archetypal perfect dog. The dog you probably think of when you think of a dog. Think of a dog right now. That was Chappie. <laughs> At least, that's how I remember her. She once got out of our backyard, panicked, and couldn't figure out how to get back in. There are still claw marks on the bottom right-hand corner of the garage door, scars that my dad never had the heart to paint over. She ate through three of the four doors in the hallway on separate occasions, convinced, we think, that someone or something must have been trapped in there. We never learned to leave the doors open. She never learned that anyone on the other side of the door would have opened it before she had time to eat through it. We developed this voice for her, one fitting for the combination of her looks and her personality. It always looked like she was slightly recoiling due to her double chins, and she looked like she was smiling. She had a look of extreme perturbedness, something to do with her eyes. It started with a single word, her voice, a single word pronounced like a well-intentioned, overweight, and friendly person, totally devoid of self-awareness. It was like this. Hey. That was her voice. Hey. And for a long time, that's all she said. Slowly, her vocabulary grew. We would speak for her, make up things that she was saying. What is Chappie thinking? We would ask ourselves. And that's what she would say. Uh, what's for dinner? Uh, it's been a while since anyone took me to the beach. Uh, I'm afraid of woodpeckers. Through Chappie, our family found our voice. We found a way to talk to one another. Through Chappie. It wasn't a passive-aggressive thing. It was never using Chappie to say something that we wanted, like, uh, someone should really vacuum in here. Or, uh, it's your turn to do the dishes. After a while, it was understood that it wasn't even Chappie's voice anymore. It was a way for us to get around our inability to talk, not just speak. It was a voice we could use to get around the awkwardness of being ourselves, wherever that comes from. Um, I really love you, Mom and Dad. Uh, thanks for letting me stay with you, Amanda. I don't even notice when I'm doing it anymore. It's like a family accent, our own dialect, without which we would be mute. But this isn't a story about a dog. The dog doesn't die in the end. She dies right now. Chappie has passed on, and all that's left is her voice. The family voice. This is a story about something that happened a week ago, or maybe it had been happening for longer than that. It's harder than you would think to knock on someone's door just loud enough to wake them and not wake their neighbors, especially in an apartment building at one in the morning on a weekday. It took a few tries before Mark, my brother-in-law, answered the door, wary, groggy, shirtless, and hairy. It was their dog, Colby, who had woken them, a small wiener mutt they adopted from the pound when he was two. <laughs> Colby has a voice that is similar to Chappie's. What's going on, Mark asked. He moved sideways to let me through the door and into the small, dark apartment. I paused momentarily, wondering what was going on. It was late, 
I had just driven the 20 miles from El Cajon. Thinking back now, I can hardly remember it. I don't remember what was on the radio. I may have turned it off. I don't remember what I was thinking, except that I felt I should be near someone who I trusted, and my sister was the first person that came to mind. It was dark and cold, and I heard the air conditioner humming from the bedroom. I just found out that Jane is cheating on me with Stephen. Jesus Christ, he said. I'm going to drink some of your beer, I said. Mark is a home brewer. He's used to me inviting myself over, but I usually tell him beforehand. I'm going to come over and play your video games, I'll say. Do you have a new beer for me to try? I filled a glass from his kegerator, a pumpkin brew that he personally hated, and requested that I do away with as soon as possible, a promise that I fulfilled that night. I sat on his couch in the dark. Neither of us spoke. Soon Amanda, my sister, appeared in the doorway. Uh, what's going on, she said. He just found out that Jane is cheating on him with Stephen. Oh, God, she said. Jane and I had been together for eight years. We started dating in high school, the only girl I've ever dated. We went to Sunday school together since we were babies. I remember having to sneak her in to see Sweeney Todd because it was rated R and she wasn't old enough. I remember when she got her driver's license. I remember having to buy her beer. Common sense dictates that being cheated on is a bad thing. Common sense would further dictate that being cheated on by your girlfriend of eight years and your best friend slash housemate would be even worse. The weird thing is I didn't feel anything. I have a tendency to neutralize things, become numb, let it pass, and emerge without ever feeling it. It was like my sister and Mark felt worse for me than I did for myself. I couldn't understand it, and I still don't. I downloaded Tinder a few days after I found out. I had downloaded it before, and Jane found out and was furious. I didn't think it was a big deal. Does anyone really use it to hook up with other people? Who would ever do that? Now there was nothing stopping me. One of the perks of my job is that I get to meet some pretty famous people when their book comes out. David Spade, Salman Rushdie, Hillary Clinton, Jimmy Carter. I uploaded a photo of myself posing with Ray Lewis, Ravens linebacker and Super Bowl MVP. I thought it would show that I have a cool job. That I'm not racist. That I may actually be taller than Ray Lewis. And I thought it was a good picture of myself. A day passed with no activity. Then two days passed. I liked everyone. I never swiped left. I wasn't looking for a girlfriend or to hook up necessarily. I just wanted some positive feedback. I wanted someone, even someone anonymous, to say to me, you are worth not rejecting. Eventually someone did. A woman who went by Heather, who posed in a bathtub with an enormous glass of wine. Hi, Heather, I wrote. That's an enormous glass of wine. <laughs> ha ha, she said. You should have seen the bottle I had sitting next to the tub. I'm not much of a wine drinker, I said. I'll drink beer, though. I like both, but margarita, my favorite. <laughs> Who makes the best margarita in town? I'm a fan of Casa de Pico. In Grossmont? Yep. There's a weird bullet hole in one of their windows. The one facing the street on the lower left side. I haven't noticed it. 
you're the only match I've ever had on here. I said, something must be wrong. Am I ugly or something? I doubt that I'm the only one who thinks you're cute. You're the black guy, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I just broke up with my girlfriend of eight years. I'm sorry. I just broke up with my boyfriend of nine years in April. Why do you have to outdo me like that? That's the last thing I ever heard from her. I've been living with my sister and brother-in-law for about a week now. They bought me a tiny stocking to go with theirs, so I know that I'm at least welcome through Christmas. They gave me my present early to make me feel better. A Fitbit. So you can beat us at the work week shuffle, she said. I'm writing this now, sitting on the floor, on my work computer. Colby, their dog, is lying on the floor in a patch of sunlight, warming his sausage body and wagging his tail slightly. I still don't feel as bad as I think I should. Some people are driven to murder when they find out something like this. I lost a bit of sleep and made a Tinder account. <laughs> My sister pulled me aside a few days ago, a few days after it happened. We haven't really talked about anything, I know, and that's probably mostly on me. I don't know what to tell you except this. It's so shitty what happened to you, and you in no way deserved it. And that's all I have to say. I looked at her, smiled, and said, Uh, thanks. That's Joe Holland. Give it up. Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our intern is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Lego Pete's, Greater Than Records, Sexy Pizza, Sexbot Comedy, From the Hip Photo, and Breckenridge Brewery. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. And for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.